Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast, episode 272. Let's go, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are back with a very special movie. Uh, I'm Mike, by the way, and I'm here with my... uh, (laughs) Who the fuck are we? Yeah, I'm going to have to bust it out again. The (laughs) Halloween homeboy, Mr. Grizz. What's up, Back in full effect. It's October. We're ready to fucking do it. It's Halloween season, dude. I'm pumped. I think we started it out with a great fucking movie this week. Kind of a sleeper. I don't know if many people know about uh, the Dark Carnival, and I'm not talking about ICP. Whoop, whoop. I'm talking about whoop, a, whoop. a fucking 1993 low budget banger. Let's fucking hit the intro before we get into this one. Dark Carnival. Uh, this is a movie that Grizz has spoken very highly to me uh, about it for years now, saying that, oh, no, no, you need a copy, you need a copy, you need a copy. Um, funny enough, this tape used to be like very expensive, and for whatever reason, it came down like immensely in price. And uh, sleeper, dude. it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper. So this is a York release a york maverick release um not many you know terribly good york movies out there uh the suckling is one and the suckling is definitely number that's one. probably number one uh, yeah for sure i gotta i gotta say this might be number two man this movie yeah, is it's fucking i had like a similar thing that you had with scary movie uh with <laughs> this movie um very similar to scary movie very similar to um haunted ween also it's like a cross somewhere in the middle of the two right like yeah yeah, but it's also its own fucking thing dude like a very like we've seen a lot of like takes on like the haunted house movies where it's not like the haunted house but like uh um you know an attraction haunted house that you'd go to and you know that whole thing but i feel like this is a very interesting take on the whole thing man like this is almost it, like the original hell house llc this yeah. is like, like oh yeah i didn't even think of that but th- th- this is very much uh i think like the the incarnation of what that movie uh possibly was going to grow to be you know yeah contrary cool contrary to a lot of the poster art that you'll see or or images or whatnot there are no um like real i mean technically there is a clown i was gonna involved. say hold on hold on Technically, there is a clown involved, but not to the extent that they would make you think this isn't going to be like a fucking Ringling Brothers type no, uh, no, no. clown shit. Um, dude. All right. First of all, here you go. I got to stop for a second. Grizz is not a low key juggalo. He's a straight up juggalo, man. Bro, I'm we, fucking loud and proud. We support that shit. Fucking 100 yeah. percent, man. That's like the first thing I thought of when I saw this movie is fucking ICP. Like whatever, man. <laughs> oh yeah, for that's, sure. That's just where I the mean, my. If you were a kid in the '90s into like the early 2000s, like this was like that was your shit, some, man. Bro, Riddle Box is, is a fucking album that goes on the playlist at the gym once a fucking week. I'm fucking lifting the Riddle Box like a fucking man does because I'm a fucking ICP uh, fan, baby. I was gonna say I'm a fucking poser, dude. I was fucking listening to Great Malenko all the time. That was hey, still... it's, it's a it's a banger album. Don't get me wrong, the Malenko. I think you know got a lot of people over to the dark side but uh but man if you dig into that catalog not so much the new stuff um, i can't do that but those early stuff yeah. like amazing jekyll brothers and like shit the dude, first four can't go wrong. or whatnot the first four or yeah. five 
are uh, fucking solid. Real but good. This, Real good. This Woo-woo. movie, this movie is like a legit haunted, haunted house movie. Uh, it's there's an entity that controls the haunted house. Eventually, you see it later on in the movie. Um, it appears like it's just kind of like a slasher in the beginning, but that's not the case. Uh, it's a little bit more than that, a supernatural esque slasher i was i was not expecting this at all um the way that it's filmed the way that you know the atmosphere of the movie um definitely was not uh, what i was expecting i don't know i was so pleasantly surprised that i just i don't know this is going to be a new like halloween must watch for me now i guess you could say i mean it's it's not like overly halloween it's not like a halloween you know they don't mention it directly in the movie or anything yeah. like that. But it's a fucking no, haunted house well, attraction. Well, well, it's for Halloween. Yeah, like they're setting yeah, up a haunted for house attraction. Yeah, so, I mean that's what it's for. Um, but like, man, you talked about like the way this is filmed. It's it's so interesting to me. Like, whatever I couldn't figure out or I couldn't find information on like what actual camera was used or what the, kind of camera was used this, to film this. Was this was shot on video, right? Man, like I want to say like, like it, it looks like beta cam or something i don't know i, don't I was gonna say is... beta cam um and it almost like the way like just because of like the the color texturing and everything of it it feels like it could have been like a late 70s movie yeah i like, can agree with it, that it has that like vibe to it for some reason yeah and uh the action i guess you could say very 80s very very good much. like it's it's pretty much from the get-go just like haunted ween you're seeing these um, attractions that are meant just to scare people, but eventually they become real. Um, but, but from the beginning, you're seeing cool shit. You're seeing like quote unquote kills and all that stuff. Um, Chris, why don't you give a little synopsis of this movie? Uh, well, we have a, a group of ragtag youngsters who are out to make a little quick cash mm-hmm. by setting up a fucking you know Halloween attraction. Uh, but little do they know that the attraction might actually have a, a, a life of itself. Yeah, so to speak, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great uh, it's a great concept. I love the red herrings that's are like kind of like built up in this movie, and it's got a very like fucking Scooby Doo thing going on. <laughs> yeah, like I don't for know like, if you got that vibe also. For like three quarters of the movie, it's it's very Scooby Doo esque, and we do Scooby-Doo. have we'll we'll go we'll get into that, but like there is yeah. a Scooby Doo reveal at the end where it's like, oh, it's oh. Mister fucking so and so, which I, I find even, fucking like, hilarious take the one scene but there's a scene where like the girl this is a girl with glasses like loses her glasses in the mayhem and like pulls the thelma and is like my glasses i can't f-. dude yeah, i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. crawling they on the floor really, room, right? <laughs> really yeah. going for it with this one yeah so um you know like you said this is like a group of kids i guess they're maybe around college age right would you say maybe like around there yeah, for sure. I'd imagine college kids. That's um, what they look like. And they're getting this new space that they rented. Um, they're getting it ready for their Halloween haunt that apparently they do every year. So like another correlation to Hell House LLC, which I find really funny. Um, they get a good deal on this for the square footage, I guess they're saying. Um, and as they're setting up for this movie, uh, for this haunted house, um, you, you start feeling like something is a little like up with everything you got this weird dude that they brought in as like a clairvoyant he's just like a homeless man off the street that used to work well, at no, the psych like, center yeah like doesn't he like have like rights to that property because like he got they gave him like the old man gave them permission to use the building as long as he could be in the show like that was like part of the deal i thought like they, they explained later on in the movie that like he lived at that oh. fucking like warehouse or whatever and like he was the one that said, yeah, you could because we'll talk about it at the end. But even at the end, like the very end scene, he's like, I'm you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that I want to just like mention before we go pretty like, you know, deep into this. Um, they keep mentioning something in this movie about like people that like horror movies, people that like horror shit. And like, I love that in these movies because obviously the people who made this like are fans. So like, you'll see during like through the clips, like it's very fun. Um, but I love when they do shit like that. Like Todd sheets always adds that in, um, book Walter will do that sort of shit. Like that meta sort of to the fans. Yeah. 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 Like you're, you're self-aware and this is like a horror comedy. It's not a hundred percent serious. There's a lot of goofy shit in it. 
right? It's meant to make you laugh, almost like a like a frat esque movie, like a you know an eighties college horror film. It, it's so it's it like for the first like half of it, I would say yes, but then like it does take this shift. Well, it becomes being... a serious like hide and seek game at the end when they're and trying it to escape the place. Like a, 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 a gross out film at points where they'd really pick it up a notch with like how gnarly some things are where I was like, I was not expecting things to go this far. So, yeah, you know, it's actually kind of funny because like you don't really see like the kills per se. It's one of those things where they like cut away and then like you go back to it. But yeah. it's funny because when they go back to like the dead body or whatnot, it's like gruesome. It's fucked up. Looking. Oh, it's great. Like it's, it's so fucking fantastic. It's so yeah. odd that they chose like to not just like add that like five seconds in per. So kill. what I love about this um, is that so as you we're gonna start rolling these clips here, um, and uh, you know why don't we start with the the Satan Cafe clip? Okay. Um, then I then I'm gonna talk about what I'm gonna get into here with it. All right. So uh, just a little setup for this. Um, this is basically like their. Uh, it's like opening night, I guess, right? Like they're letting the yeah. first few people in and they're they're kind of working out the kinks. And this is one of the rooms. It is Satan and it's it's not a cafe. It's him like forcing these people to do taxes. Well, it, it's a big giant sign that says Satan's Cafe. Oh, oh it and does he's doing, say it on there. And he's making coffee oh, at I the one I thought that point. was just I thought that was just like, you know, just, just so I, I thought they were doing taxes too, but the dude's definitely a barista from hell for sure. So <laughs> let's let's roll this because it's actually it's like pretty fucked up looking when they show the uh, the accountants or whatever the hell they're supposed to be. It's fucking awesome, awesome music. Yeah, they're definitely like doing some kind of taxes or something. He's like feeding them coffee. Like, oh, that's what it is. He's yeah, yeah. Because the then you see he gets the pot of coffee here. Yep, it goes into the it goes into the tube, and then it come, <laughs> it goes directly into their brain, I guess, through their eye, because they all have that's tubes cool. going through like their eyes, and it's like patched up. It's pretty fucking so like pretty gruesome, pretty cool. The the cool thing about this is, and as you'll see with some of these other you know things they have set up, it's actually a very elaborate you know sets like they're they're actually built out they're they're fucking detailed and the reason for that is that the people that made this movie actually ran a fucking halloween attraction and this is the attraction that they ran wow. every year in california so if you lived in like this area of california in the early 90s you'd have gone to these fucking haunted houses all the time yeah so you to then like possibly see this movie like, i fucking i've, I've been there through this room anybody that Dude. listens to us in california have you ever been to this fucking haunted house does it so look familiar to you cool so and i'm just like man what a great way to like take advantage of the, sh the resources you have to be like we have this elaborate set of all these spooky fucking things let's write a movie around yeah. that so well yet again awesome that's what they did with hell house llc they found a haunted house and that's the haunted house so like they just filmed in it. The person that like owns it or or created the haunted house is like credited as like the set designer and stuff. And, and it's like such an awesome setting for a horror movie. And it's so easy because like on a low budget movie, the biggest thing that like ruins it most of the time is the setting, right? Like I yeah. know you oh, hate yeah. you hate five 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 because half the movie is set in like a fucking janitor's closet. Yeah, um, when you have something like this, like an actual haunted house or so or you know, anything in this of this nature, you're already starting at that like next level up. You know, you got something already pushing you in the right direction, kind of leading you, guiding you. But this like took it and ran. I feel like they did oh. such an awesome job, um, f like incorporating the different things from the haunted house into the plot. You know, oh, it, so if this was already all built ahead of time, like they did such a great job making this relevant to the script. Out. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think a great example of that, um, let's play the doctor scene because this is a scene that gives you a setup to something that's going to happen much later on that's a fucking awesome thing. So, like, yeah. this is just an idea of, like, how cool this fucking set was again. So there's a... Uh... I guess that's a woman on the table, or is that a guy yeah, dressed as a woman? woman? It is. Oh, it might uh, be that, yeah. Still giving birth to some sort of worm creature 
Now, if this was a haunted house that I went through, I oh, would gnarly, go bro. fucking nuts seeing this. Look at it. It's Blood great. shooting on the fucking ceiling and everything. This disgusting, slimy thing coming out. What an awesome, like, haunted house uh, room, I guess, right? Dude, Is that what they call it? Like a room? Like different rooms? None of the ones I've ever been to take it take it that far. Dude, I would, would have loved to have seen some shit like that. What was like the craziest haunted house thing you've ever like experienced? Well, we do have like uh, we have this place. There's a thing called Fright World here in Buffalo that actually got like voted like one of the best fucking like horror parks or whatever they call them. Um, like year after year, they get voted like in the top five, and they do a great job. Like they do, they have some pretty gnarly scenes, and they do the whole fucking you know big guy with the chainsaw that chases yeah, after yeah, you yeah. bullshit. Um, but I mean, they never really like they never push the boundaries of like what's you know safe or yeah. not and shit like that. One of the coolest ones I went to they had was a fucking like uh, a sane asylum. The motherfuckers had like a, a real elevator that like functioned in the fucking Damn, haunted house. Dude, that, that was pretty dope. I like that. That's sick. When I was younger, we used to go to, um, there was one that was like outdoors in one of, uh, I guess there was like a county park of some sort. It was like the Arboretum or whatnot. So it's like a mansion's grounds and everything. And they would dress it up for Halloween, but they would do like a legit haunted house. So this oh, would yeah. have been like the early to mid 90s, I guess. Uh, so it was all outdoors. You know, you could see into the into the mansion, but they had it all like, you know, lit up and dressed up like a haunted house. Oh, it looked really cool. But awesome. there were parts of it that you were going outside and people were legitimately like coming out of the ground. Like, so cool, I guess dude. they were doing like the old burlap sack trick. But like as a kid seeing that, I was like, holy fuck, this is terrifying. Like, this is legit, like nightmare fuel. And That's I, awesome. I, I feel like that was like peak haunted house for me that I've never um, I've never been able to recreate that. I have been to the Disney haunted uh, time. That was that was oh, pretty yeah. fun. Not scary. I can only not imagine. scary. <laughs> uh, Dude, Kairu Gore, uh, the Headless Horseman attraction out by your place, man. I went to that as a kid. That is it's definitely famous what is, as fuck. What is that? It's it's like a fucking haunted hayride with the, like a legit fucking like headless horseman and shit like dude, it's it's a good time, man. The outdoor Damn. fucking like haunted hayride thing is cool. I um, don't know dude, if I've ever been on one before. Have you ever seen that video that like came around like a year or so ago on social media of like a hayride that these kids are on and like Jason comes out of the woods? It's Jason or Michael Myers and he fucking face plants like oh, into, yeah. the, into the tractor or whatever. Like yeah, into, like the, the he's back fucking of it. out. Oh, I'm surprised bro. he wasn't dead. I wish I could bring Dude, that. I'm not going to risk I'll, our setup right now, but I would bring that video up and play it. I was going to say, I wish we had the ability right now just to pull it up so nobody could laugh at this fucking video. It's not a it's dude's misfortune. My computer or may Dude, explode. So yeah, my computer wildest. may explode if I if I do that. Uh, back wildest on video. back on the island, uh, we had a, the Bayville Scream Park. That was like pretty cool in the okay. beginning, but then it became one of those things where it was so expensive to go that people like would go once Shit. and that was it. Like you would never go again. You know, yeah, so like, it's only like fifty bucks for a mm -hmm. fucking like all the house pass and shit like this year for yeah. the one place. And I'm like, yeah, dude, and like they definitely okay. like, like it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like it, it. Like every year they have less and less people working there and everything, and it's like it's not really worth it. Like I've been to a few where you go and there's like maybe three people in the fucking whole house. It's like fuck. So, like what a waste of time. Have you seen? Have you seen the ones where like you gotta like sign? like a fucking liability clause and shit like that. Oh yeah, where they beat the fuck out of you and stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, dude. I don't need that shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing that for? It's like, fucking wild, bro. I'm taking, I'm taking enough punches in my life. I don't need to fucking pay somebody to do it. <laughs> fucking you know? hog tying your ass. <laughs> oh, Kiryu Gore. 75 bucks. Oh wow. my God. Haunted Hayride plus 10 haunted house attractions. Uh, it's a great time the first few times you go, but the setup is the same every year. They want 75 bucks. You know, 75 bucks for a hayride and 10 attractions, that's not too bad. Um, you, Man, like, but it doesn't make sense to me. Like, what family's going to pay 75 bucks a who fucking Who has pop? that? You got even That's what I'm saying. You, you got to, like, like, only, like, choose one kid and one parent. Like, all right, this year it's, it's uh, brutal, Tommy and dude. Timmy going. Like, yeah, that's it's it. fucking brutal, man. Like... 75 bucks used to take a fucking family of 10 to fucking on an attraction. Yeah, yeah. shit, man. I, I like, I would rather have one like big, good, can like, you know, one big attraction and pay more than like have like the couple, yeah. 
you know, small ones and you got to buy the package and either way you're spending 45 fucking dollars even to go like, <sighs> so you remember start... as a kid, man, where you'd go out trick or treating or like just around Halloween time where there's always that like one dude in the block that would like build a fucking haunted house like in his front yard. We had or, that. like, yeah, dude, we had that. I, there was a couple dudes in different towns that we would go to. It would, that be, would like, just be like, we had a thing. Awesome. It was like one block and like maybe like four or five houses in a row across yeah. the front. And they would do it like they would close the street off like a block party. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like, it was like cool. They would have people running around the street and shit. It was like going to Six Flags, you know, but in like white trash fucking uh, New York. It's a good time. Yeah, that's pretty, awesome. That yeah. that's legitimately fucking awesome. Like that's what like that's what Halloween's all about, dude. Like it's the not the same. I'm gonna sound, I'm gonna sound like the old like now I'm like the old guy fucking yelling at clouds. Feel the same. But like <laughs> you know you barely see like Halloween commercials anymore. Like I, oh, I, dude, I every seen, company back in the day was fucking rocking Halloween commercials. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I'm starting to see Halloween decorations up uh, in my neighborhood. A lot of people actually do decorate, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of yeah. trick-or-treaters and shit, uh, far more than where I was living, which is kind of crazy. I was Just expecting wild. the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they fucking love candy here, I guess. But uh, I don't you know, You live man. in like a pretty suburban neighborhood, though. I could see where there's probably a ton of fucking well, kids. Well, like, my thing is, is that like it's very rural everywhere else except... So they the, all bring like, their fucking kids yeah, to your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, to like the, like the one square mile of houses. You, you know guys are I mean? supplying the entire fucking township of fucking. <laughs> yeah, for, fucking okay. Hey, whatever, man. If you're gonna go out there with a fucking costume, I'll keep giving it. I don't give a oh, shit. Yeah, That's like one that. thing I, I do like not that. mind, dude. There's something. There's something about seeing like all the fucking people on the block still, like walking up and down. Like when I was in New York, it wasn't like that anymore. Like there was hardly anybody out. You didn't see like you get like one or two like groups of like very small kids. Um, yeah. Around here though, like shit man it's like how it used to be Thanks. like where there's tons like of fucking people uh walking up and down like all different ages and shit um i like it it's cool no, it bring cool. it back bring it That's back a benefit man. of that area yeah I yeah guess. yeah yeah so um dark carnival one of the guys that i really like we, we touched on him before um the homeless dude that like used to work at the psych center or whatever um yeah, and he's kind of just like eh, like whatever <laughs> yeah 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 but um he does card readings like tarot card readings and he does like a it's like kind of funny but kind of not because it's like he's like real he's like the real deal right oh, yeah he's, like, he's he's legit psychic. shit right on he's legit psychic but like this is a pretty i found this pretty funny i told grizz to grab this for a specific reason but uh he's pulling the cards discs <laughs> a young man slow to anger but when around He's wearing a bag on his head. This is the nature of your situation. He's reading the girls' cards. Nine of swords. Cruelty. Heartless passion. Life is filled with emptiness and hatred. I was just laughing at him and shit. He's basically calling this guy a douchebag. Yeah, like, oh, this guy's gonna ruin your life. Beating you down. Wow. Beating you down. <laughs> like, dude, this dude's brutal. Just fucking telling that girl that, like, hey, this dude here was a fucking tool. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's, it's like, kind of funny because he was wearing a paper bag on his head as, like, a, a as a hat. I don't know. Kind of, kind of strange. But you could hear the score um, during that clip. And it, like, adds a real, like, ambiance to the fucking, yeah. to the nice. scene. The way it's lit, too. He's got that, like, yellow, goldish hue to him. Like, it looks like a dirty old haunted house from, like, the 80s. Oh, dude. You know? We're, it, like, we're missing a key a key element here for the a dude, second. The dude holding the basketball? Besides that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, before they actually have these fucking kids come in the house to check this place out for the first time, who shows up? The goddamn inspector oh my from God. the city. Yeah, right? yeah. And he's Ball a buster. fucking piece of work. Yeah. And he's asking for every document. You could tell right away he's totally fucking against this haunted house. He's pissed off that these kids are even doing it. So he he's already giving me a vibe, right? I'm like, what the fuck's up with this fucking this guy? A dick, yeah, he, for no reason. He, but he's in and out pretty quick, so I don't think anything of it right away until some fucking, you know, some mayhem starts happening. And then I'm like, what happened to that motherfucking inspector dude, you know? Uh, it, it, it was funny because he's like walking through the thing. He's like, is this fireproof? And they're like, yeah, we fireproofed it. 
He's like, then it should, it should, it should last for the twelve minute burn. Guy pulls out a fucking blowtorch and just tries to light the wall on fire. It's like burns the hand. They have like a handprint, like a demon hand, painted on the wall, and he basically burns just it out. yeah, he burns it out. It's like, dude, you're a fucking nut job. So you could see why, like, there's a little suspicion on this motherfucker throughout the movie. Um, so what? I- what Very I like that kind of takes place too is that they're, they're these kids are going through this fucking thing and the, the rooms are gnarly and shit, um, and the one kid's being a fucking prick, um, and it just kind of escalates to where like the people running this house start like really fucking with these people, like kind of torturing them and shit in different ways. It's, it starts getting real. The house starts actually influencing the people inside of it. So they and they notice. They're like, "Yo, what the fuck? We got to close this haunted house down." Like, there ain't no, and, like, you know, only the one dude is like, no, fuck this, this is money and shit. But, like, everybody else is like, dude, something happened tonight that's not good. Yeah, like, you I know, felt we wrong. went too far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, like, one girl is, that. one girl, is like, her, like, station is, like, cutting this dude's fucking junk off. And uh, there's a rubber knife that they're using. And then when the house starts influencing her, she, like, gets a real knife and like puts it above her head and starts like gripping it hard with her hands and it starts like making her hand bleed and eventually she snaps out of it they all snap out of it like it's great yeah before anything bad could happen in that first go around but uh it's like pretty interesting to see like this is the first time that you can tell it's like not just a regular um slasher or like who done it there's like a supernatural element to it uh also but you know, we soon be soon to fucking find our our first dead body, and it's the dude that wanted to keep the house open. You know, he was all for it, and he was the last one there. He was gonna go lock up and shit, um, and he goes off on his own. But then they can't find him until they uh, they find this dude's head in a peculiar place, man. And I was like, all right, now this movie's about to take off. That's like. A- yeah, there's a head, a gruesome-looking severed head, like a real fulci-looking severed head uh, in the basket. And uh, this is when everybody kind of realizes, like, uh, something, something's wrong here. This, The one girl has those, like, fucking Roy Orbison glasses on, though. Um, so she's the one that loses them, too. Yeah, she's yeah. How the, how, the, how the fuck can she see inside with those? At first, I thought maybe she was... At first, I thought maybe she was, like, actually blind, but, um, oh, yeah. no, just, but no, she's, she's just cool. Bro, yeah, she's just fucking, yeah, no, she's, she's just, just cool, bro. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's funny because once you get this first dead body, um, you kind of, like, figure out who the killer is, like, pretty quickly, right? Well, we, we kind of figure out who this particular killer is, who killed this guy. But I don't think that really kind of solves the mystery of not this the fucking full, movie. Not the full mystery, no. no. Um, but this is where we have like the Scooby-Doo reveal, right? Yeah, so you have a killer. He's going around in like a clown costume. It's like a big jack-in-the-box looking head, if you've it's ever ridiculous. seen that like logo. Um, but eventually, he gets outsmarted by our uh, cast of college... I, I, I don't know. What do you want to call them? College friends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he uh, he's basically gonna burn this fucking homeless dude's face off with the torch. You should listen to your cards. <laughs> Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. Georgie. It's got a fucking like crack torch. He gets smacked in the head with a hammer. Somehow not killed. Yeah, he's got his eyes closed. God damn inspector. It's the inspector. He tried bureaucracy. When that didn't work, he went the the killer route. It's so funny. He tried to get him on paperwork to stop this thing from happening because he knows that the house is alive. It has Which not- I thought was an interesting thing, that the reveal that this dude is like, yeah, he's a fucking inspector, but he was a part of a haunted house that went haywire before. Yeah. And like that whole buildup, I was like, oh, this dude must be onto something, you know? Yeah. And actually, we find out that the way he escaped was he had to sacrifice his hand. Uh, they don't really explain why, right? They don't. No, expl- they don't explain they don't, it. Just, but, he has this like black mallet hand that like he just used to knock people out, basically, as you just saw. Yeah. Now the funny thing is, uh, I didn't really realize that it was like 
a uh, like a Chubbs from Happy Gilmore hand until <laughs> until totally until is, this dude. fucking scene where they have to keep him somewhere, so they just hammer the hand to the wall. Oh, what a great idea! He's got like a I guess it's like a Doctor Claw fist. Where's the keys? You're not gonna leave me here, are you? So they're gonna they're gonna leave him there and go call the police, try to get help or whatnot. Um. Georgie, no. Yeah, this 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 is like a not really a good idea. When you know that the house is kind of alive, uh, maybe don't leave the guy in the room. Because that's what this guy basically told him. He yeah. said, "Look, the the house isn't going to let you leave. Like the house is alive, and the house wants you dead. Basically, you know. Yeah. So, uh, what what basically happens from this point is we see that like all of these attractions start coming alive and like." finding different ways to to try to kill each and every one of these people. And I think that is a great fucking concept, man. Yeah. To, to have, it, it just opens up a variety of unique scenes where you have all these different, you know, contraptions and, and different attractions that will just lend themselves to these like unique opportunities to kill people. Yeah. Uh, it makes the second half of this movie, this like really fun, almost like carnival type atmosphere where it's like, a carnival of death. It's 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 appropriately named Dark Carnival from yeah. like this point out. So now you see the house is alive and it really starts showing it. Um, this guy is rightfully scared to be left alone in this room. And we see why when they come back in the room and he looks like something out of Hellraiser. Uh, this is what I'm talking about, where they like have him get killed by this room of saws. Yes, like giant circular saw blades. That's where they nailed him um, to, unfortunately. It's like a wasp <laughs> fucking music video. It does. Yeah, Blackie's back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they see, like, look at this corpse. Looks great. It's gruesome, man. So, like, they don't show the kill happen, but, like, the aftermath looks some like something out of Hellraiser. It's not worse. They're all pretty calm, cool. too. They're all pretty calm but, after seeing, like, a legitimate, like, like it's also like the realization that none of us killed that guy and he's the only person left in here therefore what he just said about the house because they were kind of like in disbelief yeah bullshit the house the house is trying to kill us you're fucking crazy as soon as they leave they hear the fucking dude screaming and they go back and they find this mangled corpse so now it's kind of like that moment of like well he had to have been fucking telling the truth because none of us did this to him yeah yeah it's it's that moment of uh, realization that they're fucked yeah, there's a really cool scene where they're running through the haunted house and uh, the thing starts, f- you see it like physically can alter the house. Um, they get trapped in this hallway. It's like a padded room and uh, it's a it's a it's a fun sequence. It's almost, uh, you know, uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street esque the way that they feeling. the way that they that. do it. Um, so they're walking through this padded room. And of course, the doors close. And the walls start shaking. But I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah. The walls start shaking violently. Uh, she falls to the floor and gets pulled upside down. You can tell she's like on a rope, being held by something. Great. I love it, though. It looks great. Yeah. Lots of cool like camera tricks where they're getting forced to the ceiling. Really, they're upside yeah. down, like kind of. It looks like there's just like people with mattresses on each side of them shaking them. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking film it. It's it's fun. It's really it's such a fun movie. Uh, this is probably one of the only scenes though where like they take it to this level right where they do like something yeah. really out there with the camera work uh everything else is well it, what i think the ending is the the camera oh, work yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 okay 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 wait I wait, wait those two scenes are like the highlight yeah yeah so uh i i, I want to go back to um the doctor scene when that eventually oh. comes alive because the two things this woman's reaction to this fucking creature coming at her and the creature itself. Um, Grizz, I believe you had this clip labeled as slimy dick. Uh, what was it? Slimy dick <laughs> drill. Dick drill. Yeah. That's uh, what this is, dude. Interesting. Uh, this thing looks absolutely disgusting. Uh, a slimy, yeah, like- proboscis looking thing slinging goo. goo we love the goo slinging you know? goo yeah this thing looks like a straight out of a cronenberg movie 
Look at um, the drill bits coming out of this motherfucker. But the funny thing is, um, she's just kind of standing there, making zero attempts. Uh, I leave and oh, one of her, one of this her. Is, this is this is the best part. Her reaction right here. Ah! Oh yeah, yeah. It goes out to, That's my favorite part. She's of that lost scene. it because one of her uh, the lenses of her glasses has fallen out. <laughs> So oh, she's absolutely lost and she starts stabbing the creature after the homeless psychic um, pushes over the, the table. The, over. The table. Um, what a fucking but sequence. Then she like, that's just like minces that fucking thing hey, up, man. dude. And she ends up like laying on it and she's just covered in the goo. It's terrifying. It's, it's great scene, dude. This, One of the best in the movie. Yeah, this this thing is uh, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. They didn't go like a little further with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought agree. they were going to some... fucking tear some guts up. It's not a Japanese movie, so we weren't going to no. see that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you take what you can get. Um, That's right. But uh, we're going to get to the end of the movie now. And this is where we get a really fun scene of something like I just said somebody coming out of a grave, um, yeah. almost Evil Dead like, the way so, that he is um, shown. Dude, this might be my new favorite coming out of the grave scene of all time really it, it is so fucking just like trippy and like just it feels evil like the way he's like moving as he flies out of this fucking thing man i don't know you guys check this out this this just to me is like so fucking awesome you get that evil smoke the lighting is cool he looks fucking weird as hell Good. Holding his head, his severed head, flying around like that, like the- and his legs are like flailing, like a deadite, Evil Dead. Yeah, this is awesome. They definitely like use this in the haunted house. This looks like a sick haunted house fucking thing. Oh yeah, dude. He like puts his head back on his body, and it looks all fucking weird. Dude, that's scary as fuck. That's like so some scary awesome. shit, man. Imagine seeing that in a haunted house, like one of your buddies, like me, up there. Lying out of the fucking ground like that, holding your head. Man. It looks amazing. What a what a fucking movie. What a fucking movie. Um I mean there's definitely like more like, you know, uh what was it? Um uh the Mexican uh was it Grave Robbers? Uh the name of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that has some epic fucking, you know, coming out of the grave scenes and stuff like that. But there's just something about this one that just feels just that look yeah evil as fuck dude i don't know i loved it it's the darkness um it's like the setting itself it has that like same thing where i always say like seeing things like silent night deadly night like the cover art of that where it's like the set that they made and took a picture of i had like some weird dreams about that shit as a kid and it like stuck with me and like i feel like i get that same thing seeing that scene i know exactly what you're fucking saying Everything. The sound of that scene too, like the, the howling wind and everything. It just—it's such a good package, man. They did a great job putting it together. And uh, then we come to the end. Um, pretty interesting, um, Chris. Why don't you explain this this last clip that we have? So this this fucking this old dude we've been talking about the whole time, who potentially lived in this building. Um, you know, he figured out that these tarot cards that he's been playing with the whole time are are real, and he has to believe in them and. That's the key. They'll they'll give protection to these people to from the house because the tarot room was completely fine because yeah. of the cards, you know? So his plan is he they face this this end zombie guy and he's gonna jump in the grave and fucking shove this tarot Mother card yeah. into this fucking grave or whatever. But like the, the chick is like, You don't gotta do this, old man. And he's you know, he kind of says, like, I'm responsible for this because I said yes. I brought everybody you guys here. I brought the evil here. Or whatever, says, I brought the know? horror. Yeah, I brought the horror, which is a great fucking line. Almost so, love crafty. This is a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, like they, they should have got a little bit more of like a stronger wind machine for this. Because they're supposed to be player. like competing against the wind, like crawling over to this like chasm in the ground. Yeah. I like that he you gets see in the his, grave. Yeah, I like that you see his there. legs. Like Ooh, he like he just gets pulled out of the fucking scene. And then this is great. Lands with his fucking head next to him. That's it. That's it. Evil has been defeated. Um, they don't really leave it open, right? Like they legit oh. finish the fucking story. Now, there's one thing I would like to know. They don't explain it in the movie. They don't explain anything. 
How did this come about? How did this Yeah, like what's the origin of the evil of the house? Yeah, Is it just like all haunted houses have this, you know, inherently in there? There was like a heart, a quote-unquote heart, like something they were able to see in that hole. Um, But I don't know. I really want to know, like, how did this become this evil-possessed haunted attraction? Because if it happened before with the fucking the inspector guy, then it's like something that's repeating itself. It's not like that one location was fucking, or maybe it's the same location. I, they don't, they don't explain it, but you know, there, that, that is something, the origin of the evil of the house would have been a great, just a quick fucking, Hey, this is what's going on. So that we yeah. have that, you know? Yeah. Uh, overall though, the story of this movie is fucking awesome. Um, they explain, they explain everything else. Easy to follow. Yeah. Like you said, um, it's a cool supernatural slasher that takes like an odd turn at the end. Uh, the only problem is it's very hard to find uh, unless you have the tape. I don't know if there's a DVD or not of this. Uh, uh, Machiavelli on here says that there's one on eBay, a tape of it for, for 60 bucks. Um, that's I think about I paid, what I felt like they were. I think uh, I paid, a uh, bit more. I think I paid 20 or 25 for mine. I was going to say that's about more what I would be, um, willing to throw at it at this point in time. Uh, 60 bucks is what they used to kind of go for. Um, I don't feel like they hold that value at this point. But there is a DVD of this movie, so I'm sure that goes for, for much cheaper. But I can't really say that because now fucking DVDs have yeah, are pretty expensive. gone through the fucking roof, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, like, you know, we can check. We can check the Patreon. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good yeah. place to potentially look. Um, so, Grizz, this is, like, up there, man. This might be a Bad Taste Hall of Famer for me. Yeah, like, I, I feel legit- like it, it, it fits that same. Like, we put Scary Movie in the Hall of Fame. Like, this one kind of is, like, a sister movie in a way to that you know it's a great double feature you put these two movies together you're having an awesome you know haunted house halloween night you could watch this haunted ween scary movie and have three fucking awesome halloween haunted house movies that are still not tired watch ghoulies three there's always the fucking there's always ghoulies three actually well ghoulies (laughs) two well ghoulies one I guess would be it's not a Halloween movie, but I guess it kind of is more of a Halloween movie than two because two is like at a carnival during the summer. Isn't it's, three the one with the fucking haunted house, right? Like that's in college. In college, oh, well, uh, yeah. whatever. Watch yeah. them all. Uh, well, no, well, part part two is the haunted house one, but it's a oh, carnival. Okay, so part, it's like yeah, a carnival nice. attraction. It's like the traveling like haunted house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Dark Carnival from 1993, and absolutely awesome movie um highly recommended see it however you can definitely worth it grizz it's time to head over to the wide world of metal um we are covering probably one of our favorite bands that we uh, have listened to before grizz what do we have this week uh we are covering the new acid mass album agonizer Uh, if you're uh, have listened to us before in the past we've covered the lust for violence release that agonizer did or that uh, acid mass did a while ago and uh, i was completely blown away with that mike i know you felt the same way when i showed it to you you were like dude this is fucking it man um and then we learned that it's a one-man band which has been kind of an ongoing thing that we've been coming across lately um it just seems like the wave of the future when it comes to certain things yeah um but uh to think about that and to think about all that went into this album um the dude's doing the drumming programming he's doing the 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 guitar playing the bass playing he's doing the vocals and, and none of it is is lacking in any any fucking direction man it's all just pristine this shit reminds me like this this specific album this agonizer album it kind of reminded me of like old like demolition hammer type fucking metal from like mm-hmm. the early 90s um uh, i know ben said that you know he he takes a lot of uh um uh, you know inspiration from bands like sodom and stuff like that and you could fucking you can hear, hear that. that yeah yeah all day in this music man. for sure for sure there's a lot of like really awesome um like early slayer type riffs that at least that's what it sounds like to me because i'm a fucking fan of that shit too but like um there's a lot of stuff that sounds from that time period yeah. you know what i mean Here, all that all those bands dude, it sounds very much like of that time it's um, good it's good in that way. but but it's fucking it's awesome and just like the last album that we listened to the production is awesome i'm a huge fan of the uh the solo tone that he uses oh it's like uh, piercing at times but like in, in like a great way for like it the way the production me, of this album works it reminds me of like the solos like in death songs and the later death songs like how Dude, they yes. cut through and like with the chorus effect and all that shit like 
it fucking and this dude fucking rips like he is a far better guitar player than i am <laughs> and and like when you listen to like you know you can listen to a lot of thrash stuff or a lot of crossover stuff and a lot of the times you'll hear very similar you know riffs that get kind of repetitive uh when i listen to this i just couldn't believe like the complexity of some of the riffs where they're thrash riffs but i'm like dude these are rethought this is like a different way yeah. of thinking about how to write thrash music because it's not i don't i don't mean to say like boring but if you listen to a lot of thrash some things just get a little stale they get a little bit boring it's not like the it's same. not like power trip like it's right. not like it's not like that sort of thing nothing it's, against power trip but it's 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 been like a, it's a rehashed sound you know just for today's I always, time, you know? I always thought like modern thrash. Well, like a lot of people, it almost sounds like hardcore, or, or like yes. crossover, or like the crossover kind of took over. I feel like the thrash scene in a lot of ways. Yeah, like where you have that influence and stuff. But this is more on like the death metal, um, yes. you know, Sodom type, like speed metal fucking shit, like. Um, I don't know. This it's such a variety of shit in this. Like it's all the stuff that we listen to put into one album, and I think that's why we like it so much. Oh, you know it's gritty as fuck too, which I which I appreciate because Lust for Violence had this like street feel where it was like kind of this like fucking the it was it's it's polished, but it's not like overly fucking polished. Like yeah. it feels like an underground fucking metal album still. Yeah, and I mean that as a compliment. Like that's a good thing in my opinion. Yeah. So let's play uh let's play Torture Rack first. This fucking um, solo, bro. <laughs> I had to pull this shit. I this is my favorite solo of the album. Uh, this you're gonna hear what we're talking about right now. Ooh. That fucking album cover too. Just starts ripping here. I love that, dude. I love that shit right there. This just feels so authentic. You know what I'm saying? And he's got an awesome voice, too. That's the thing. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, there's no part of the album that lacks. Like, oh, you know, he's a one-man band. He's not great at this aspect of it, but everything else is great. Now he's like, great at everything. It's, a, it's fucking front to back, killing it. Yeah. Um, and, and a great example of, like, the really unique uh, style of, of, like, riff writing. I had to pull the Sacrament of Filth riff. Um, just because it's 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 got this crazy like fucking like frill part in the middle of it, dude, and I just I couldn't get enough of the way this sounds. Oh, that's that's awesome. Awesome. It's like, dude, it's like yeah. what the oh, fuck, bro? What an awesome riff! I, first time I heard this one, I that's it. Good. <laughs> great song bang. you know it's it's not overthought but it's complex still it's, it's it's fucking old school thrash but like really in this like just kick you in the fucking teeth package man like it's 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 not as like you know like i don't know how to like some of like the older thrash stuff can get a little bit soft i guess you could say where it's like um this is just gritty as fuck, man. Like this is as yeah. metal as it comes, in my opinion. Yeah, I I absolutely love this. And there's also a song called Shadow Moses, which is a uh, a thing from Metal Gear Solid. Um, oh, yeah, you fucking nerd! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking like island in Alaska. That's crazy. I'm just shaking my head. People I would have no idea. People at home, I'm shaking my head right now because why do I fucking know this stuff? Um, why do I know these things? But this album is fucking awesome. It's available everywhere. He's got a band camp. It's on. I'm guessing Apple Music. Uh, it's on yes. Spotify, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, go out support. I mean, we just you're not gonna be able to get. Uh, he just did a. A pre-order shirt drop i had to get one of those bad boys the fucking shirts are dope as fuck so i don't know if he's gonna have uh, another shirt drop coming up soon but if he does you know make sure you get behind this dude uh, and speaking of which please stick around after this show is over immediately and when we're done uh to our our youtube page we're going to be posting an interview with ben ricketts the one-man band behind fucking acid mass um he sat down with me for about 15 minutes Talked about a lot of different aspects of the music, his history, where he's at right now, and, mm -hmm. and things to come, man. Um, if if you like this album, 
please stick around and check that fucking interview out because he's a he's an awesome dude yeah we're gonna be posting that right up to the youtube page speaking of which uh, every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we go live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Video Podcast. And next week, to uh, continue in our Halloween, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the hell we're going to call it, festivities, extravaganza, uh, we kind of do it every year, I guess, we will be doing... Um, the semi-lost, but then found and finished and released anthology <laughs> film, technically, I guess, from 1989, but not released, I think, till 2010, I believe. And that's The Basement. Um, Grizz has never seen this before. I have. I have the uh, big camp video, like the big box thing that they put out. Um, I'm stoked to do this. I love yeah, I'm, anthologies. Um, I'm guilty I, of overlooking it because I thought it was like... A 2010 movie no like, no, no. it's one of those ones where they like never finished it or whatnot or it was never edited uh, or yeah. something like that and they eventually put it together and they came out with a, a great anthology that does have a uh, a halloween story in it so i felt that it fits but, it, but it's cool because we're sticking with our low budget fun and halloween uh plan here we have some yeah, other yeah. things planned uh for our you know final i guess halloween movie i would like to pull out the uh the old german card on that one yeah we're gonna and, go hard at the yeah, end of this yeah, month sure. boy <laughs> maybe get the youtube suspended who the fuck knows on yeah that one? we'll see with that one it's yeah yeah but fun. uh next week we will be doing the basement uh, i'm not sure where it's available online right now um it's got to be somewhere i'm pretty sure is. you could still I buy it, it um but grizz where could they find you on the internet you could find me as always, on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com, where we have everything linked there. Um, please um, like and subscribe to our Facebook page or whatever the fuck you got to do. Um, spread the word, because we want to try to get some more fucked up shit on here uh, to hopefully destroy yeah. this channel, too. Um, you know, if you have any movies that you want us to cover that you've uh, seen and it affected you in a in some sort of way, positive or negative, <laughs> and you would like us to see it or cover it, uh, we're always down for some suggestions, especially if it's like foreign shit. Um, yeah, please. Please do the foreign that, stuff because it's like yeah. we're kind of running. It's going to come to a point where we don't have any more 90s low-budget horror movies that we're going to be able to cover. <laughs> um, so we're going to need some uh, some new suggestions, and we might have to delve into some different uh, yeah, some I've, eras of, of horror. I've been uh, starting to hoard a lot of foreign things for us to cover on here. Um, I'm buying fucking, I'm like getting um, some DVDs actually because there are no tapes available. Um, oh, but you know what, man, we're going to have some real fucking fun coming up. Uh, like people it. are going to, people are going to be fucking amazed by some of the shit that they're going to see on here. Seriously. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say like mean spirited stuff, but it's going to be, you know, intense. It's going to be gory, man. We're going to we're going to go back to the splatter shit. Yeah. So uh, I just uh, I think that's it for now. Right, Grizz? Anything else? Not if you're listening to this, uh, you know, through the audio on Spotify or on Apple or anywhere else you listen to to uh, your you know podcast, you can always come back and check out our YouTube page because all of these live shows are still posted up to watch. Um, so if you, you know, want to see what these clips look like, if you're interested, yeah. Just pop on over. You can check out the clips right there. They'll always be up for you to look at. Um, you know, definitely don't forget about the uh, the live section. On the yeah, YouTube you don't page. you don't have to wait till Thursday to listen to it. Also, you could come Tuesday nights at nine p.m. Eastern time go. on our YouTube channel. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming um, next week. Like I said, the basement can't wait. Thank you everybody for coming in the chat. We Absolutely. will see you next time. As we just covered in Wide World of Metal, uh, you listen to the Agonizer album uh, from the band Acid Mass. We covered their previous, uh, well, covered this guy's here uh, previous work before. Uh, we're big fans of this band. Uh, this is Mr. Ben Ricketts, the the man behind the band Acid Mass. What's going on, man? How are you? And thanks for having me. Also, I wanted to say thanks a ton for that killer review on uh, Lust for Violence. I appreciate that, dude. I have outplayed Lust for Violence at the gym so much. That has been like a go-to of mine since I found it. And now Agonizer is like, you know, right up there with it. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about like, you know, your background, um, you know, your history with music, kind of like where you come from. I know you're you're Ohio native, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cincinnati born and raised. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I grew up like my dad was like into thrash and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I grew up on like anthrax and overkill and Metallica and Slayer tapes, you know what I mean? And, um, awesome. that was always my shit. And then I got into punk a little bit later and, uh, yeah, most of my, my bands and shit that I've done over the years have been punk bands. And, um, like I just could never quite find the right people to get a metal band going, you know? Hardest part, dude. It's the hardest part about any band. So people's schedules and like what they want to do and all, you know, it's just it can be tricky. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just I went through some shit this past winter and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna try it by myself and see what happens. And uh here we are. <laughs> so that, yeah, that, that kinda like leads me to the question of being like, you know, when you started Acid Mass, was this always gonna be like a solo project? Was this something that you set out to do on your own? Um was there inspiration to like make it into a band? Or was it just like, dude, I'm tired of that whole that whole rigmarole. I'm gonna like do what I really want to do. Well, uh, I don't mean to get like too heavy or dark or whatever, but um, the way this all came about is last October my best friend died, right? And oh, no so, shit. I uh, there's a lot of fucking big feelings with that, you know what I mean? So like I was like, I guess I'm just gonna lock myself in my apartment and play guitar, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like record you know, it. They they do that. say that a lot of times, like uh, you know through like the most challenging times or whatever comes like the the best artwork or like you know the the most inspiration that you can really dig into um and, and if what you've done since then is is this man then like you've really kind of tapped into something um that you know you've put that into a good place at least man because this music is it's absolutely incredible man i super appreciate that i honestly never expected any of this to go this far at first it was just me sitting around like just making songs that I thought sounded cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, With, like, yeah. no, you know, really releasing them or anything. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of taken off. It's crazy. And uh, some people will probably be happy to hear that towards the end of the month, um, practices are going to start happening for a live band. So. Oh, no shit, dude. That's, yeah. I mean, people must want that. You know, the, the attention that this uh, the new album is getting is unbelievable. Um, I, it's well-deserved too, mind you, but like it, it's people that are going to want to see these albums, you know, be played out live and shit like that. Uh, it, it, I'm excited to see that. Hopefully, you know, being here in the Northeast, uh, I'm in the area where I'm going to be able to catch a show, dude, because uh, I will be there for sure. Um, so when you're doing these albums, uh, are you, you're doing everything, correct? I mean, front to back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I should, I guess I should say up front, like, uh, I was reading a review recently where somebody was like, dude, this guy rips on drums. Um, I, I'm a drummer first before anything, but I don't play drums. This stuff. Oh, no shit. That was going to be one of my questions. Like, what do you do for, for the drum tracks? So I have, I just have a program that I use to just like program everything into, because I mean, I live in an apartment, so yeah. drums in an apartment wouldn't I, go very well. I don't think that should be understated though, man. Like, uh, to say, yeah, I, you know, it's programmed drums or whatever. Not anybody can really um, take a program like Superior Drummer or something like Get Good Drums and and put together something that's as cohesive and and makes sense. I mean, anyone could take the loops and stuff like that. But when you listen to your albums, um, the drumming is not like it's not cut and paste, man. There's like you can tell that you're a drummer. I guess is like the main thing because you understand how to build drumming you understand how to like make the fills make sense and like you know transition into different sections um and that's something that i, I think is a little bit of an art form in of itself when you're doing the programming yeah i mean that was kind of a big worry for me at first was like i didn't want it to sound like too mechanical or some shit you know yeah. um but yeah i just kind of lucked out and it, it just like kind of clicked and made sense to me on how to do it like really quickly i think because i am a drummer like you said you know, for me, I'm I'm not a drummer, so I have like these good programs, and you know, I, I'm kind of like doing my own one man thing here. I think kind of a lot of people in our age group who have been through bands and stuff, this is kind of where we're at now, um, and it's something that I struggle with so much is actually building the drumming to make it uh, make sense as like a drummer would do it. You know, I'm a guitar player at heart, so uh, my hats off to you for really building the albums that are very cohesive because uh, I think that's something that not a lot of one man bands can uh, can pull off, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, so, like, you're not doing. Uh, are you like mixing and mastering all of these, or well, or are you actually sending that out? The only thing I don't do is mastering. Um, and I got to give my dude Todd a shout out for Fuzzy Eyed Studios here in Cincinnati. He masters all my shit and just makes it sound like insanely huge. You know what I mean? Um, like I. Can't... Um, but yeah, I do everything aside from the mastering. Yeah. That is one thing that uh, you know the sound of like what the uh the acid mass sound i guess we can call it 
is is this kind of like it's it's you know a reminiscent of like that old school thrash but it has this like gritty fucking like black metal thing going on at times too that i just really tap into i'm a big fan of like black rock and roll um, and i get a little bit of that but it's like black rock and roll turn the fuck up to like thrash level um and, and the and the dirtiness of like the sound and i don't mean dirty as like oh it's a shitty quality um but it has like a real grit and like you know street feel to it that i think uh would and when we talked about when you were making this album i kind of spoke to you a lot about it and i was like man i hope it doesn't lose that uh that that grittiness that uh, lust had and stuff and you're like nah dude i think this is going to be you know turned up a little bit more and i gotta say the agonizer album um was well worth the wait in my opinion it's uh it's kind of come to you know give me everything i liked from lust from violence but like you know just a little bit more polished man i think you really kind of come into it on this one a little bit so uh what uh what, what's like your like what's your favorite track you know was there a sleeper track on here that you think is 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 better than the rest or something like that or is it is it all kind of like just a big love letter to to the type of music that you like i mean yeah i mean i think overall it's definitely a, a love letter to bands like sodom and bulldozer and shit like that but um i i think my favorite track on the record is christ crusher uh, one. i think the sleeper that it's just super fun to play as mental hell just because that riff is just so fucking mean and like when it was like one of those situations where i was just sitting around one day like dicking around on guitar and that just kind of i started kind of playing that and i was like whoa <laughs> you know what i mean i was like that's tough as shit and, and like and not pushing yourself rap. is like whenever you have like that riff where you push yourself you're like this is tough for me to play like that's when you know you're kind of like tapping into something i think or you're like it's making you uncomfortable and it kind of gives yeah. you that push to like really dial it in um, and that's something that is true about this album that, you know, yeah, it's a thrash album and uh, sometimes it can get a little bit stale. You know, a lot of riffs can be very repetitive from band to band, you know, album to album. Um, this does have some very unique, interesting, dynamic, like riff building. And, and when we were like talking about it as you were doing it and you were sharing some stuff with me, I was like, man, uh, the riff building of this album, I think, is where you kind of really shine. And it's 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 like, you know, the mental hell is one of those songs where I was like, dude very interesting riff it doesn't make me you know get like complacent while listening to it like you know like sometimes you're like yeah i know this riff from this album it sounds just like that um so it, it's it's cool to to hear you say that uh like mental hell was one of your favorites because of that reason um for me like torture rack i think is like another one of those like sleeper tracks on here uh, because of the riffs in it man like that opening riff to torture rack it, you, you want to fucking get in a pit and just start throwing down it, it's so people like you get the chance to see this live. I 100% uh, definitely go see this fucking shit go down because I will definitely be there, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. I'll love you up that way. It'd be great. Uh, so let's see here, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about like um, the gear that you used for this album. Like you know, we talked a lot about guitars. I know you're a Jackson guy. What was the what was the main guitar used here? It's a I think it's a 2022 Kelly X series. Hell yeah. Just a I mean, gunner. Just a, a fucking sling gunner, dude. Like, no thrills. Just fucking metal guitar. I like that. And, uh, I mean, man, I'll just be, like, super honest. I'm I, I'm a drummer, right? So, like, drum gear I can talk about all fucking day long. Guitar gear is completely new to me. Um, not on, like, for... but, like, I'm a noob for sure, you know? Um, you, dude, like, you're, the solos in this album, don't you can't say that you're, you're a noob when you're, you're playing shit like that because there's a lot of people there to get pissed, via, myself included. I've been playing for fucking a long time, dude, and, like, these solos are are impressive. So you maybe not know the gear very well, but you definitely know your way around the fretboard, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, like, I guess, yeah, I've been playing for a long time. Like, my dad was also a guitar player, so I grew up with him, like, we used to sit around and he would play like songs off of kill them all on guitar. And he oh, bought me a drum. When I was yeah. younger play along on drums, you know what I mean? But, um, so I would always fuck around with his guitars and stuff, but like, as far as taking it really, really seriously and getting into the gear aspect of it, this, like I'm a super rookie at that stuff. So now with like, with like the bass, is it the same thing? Just kind of like you, you just know bass kind of just by default of, of, you know, being around music for so long and stuff like that, kind of learning the guitar. I feel like if you play guitar, you can, get a general understanding of, of how to play the bass. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that's like, okay, take this riff and just like dissect it a little bit and then play that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so what's, uh, 
what's the dream guitar dude what's what's like the one? Oh man this is a tough question because uh i think i'm about to buy it like pretty soon <laughs> you showed me a picture of this thing dude and dude. it's a fucking beautiful guitar i gotta say so there's two that i'm like i would kill to have either one is it it's a local shop up here. It's a 1984 Gibson XLP. It's like this weird Explorer body style with this little weird cutout. It looks crazy. You don't see very many. Plays like butter. Um, and the other one, and people give me shit about this all the time, is uh, I really want a Kramer Dave Mustaine Vanguard V, man. Dude, there's you know? nothing. There's nothing to be ashamed of about one an old school Kramer. Those fucking things rip, dude. Big fan yeah. of them. Yeah, they're insane. Like, I have a Kramer V here, but... Does it have, like, the big, like, hockey puck or the fucking hockey paddle, like, uh, head on it? Those, like, giant, like, Kramer old-school uh, heads on them? I love that look. It's like, more of... It's pretty similar. I Like, I keep looking over here because both of my guitars are hanging up over here. I, it, they're pretty much... The Jackson and the Kramer that I have have pretty much the same headstock. Because some of those old headstocks, man, are, like, these, like... They look like hockey sticks at the end of them, the way the fucking Kramer heads look. They're, like, giant bananas. They're fucking hilarious. But they're awesome guitars, man. I got, I got no hate in that. Uh, so do you think, like, you know, Jackson, king of guitars, is, is that, like... Or do you think it really is Gibson? Like, what's the... What would be like the, the best company in your opinion? For for my tastes and my preferences and what I like to play, it's Jackson all day. Dude. Yeah. My Rhodes is is a, it's the best guitar I've ever played in my life. All the Jacksons I've played are like that though. Even the cheaper ones that I've owned are have been yeah. extremely well playing. Right. So like, you know, with that being said, you know, what's 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 the worst? guitar company out there and 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 more so why is it schecter guitars like what's what's the what's the hate with uh with schecter everybody likes to give out i i think it's my main complaint about schecters is that like they just wrote avenge sevenfold's dick so Dude, I, was just, I was just gonna say is it more of like an avenge sevenfold hate than it is like a schecter hate like they that's, unfortunately got tied into that band so hard that's that's it's yeah. so funny that you said that. That was my first thought exactly too, though. Because I, I okay, I'm not gonna lie. I've played some Schecter guitars. They're not they're not bad playing guitars. No. They they play pretty fucking decently. Um, they came. I had one with like a I had a seven string with like uh, the Duncan blackouts on it. Amazing sounding guitar, dude. But at the same time, I just kind of cringed every time I was playing it, seeing that name brand. So. But that's just, you know, obviously Schecter is fine. It's, it's a whatever thing. It's an inside joke about uh, guitars. But, dude, um, I appreciate you sitting down with us. Um, everybody has to go check out this Agonizer album. I think that it, uh, if, if you're into fucking thrash metal, if you're into black metal, if you're into, like, just, you know, classic fucking heavy metal, dude, this kind of, like, hits all those areas. Um, we didn't even mention the vocals on it. The, the fact that you're doing that, too, is I think there's something to be said about that. So you're going to be doing the vocals live as well? Yeah, I'll be I'll be singing, singing and playing guitar. So have, you, have you done that before? No, I've never played guitar. <laughs> played drums. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, like it's 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 a it's like a skillful art form to be able to like do the two together. For me, when I start like singing, I, I've gotten better at it. But when I started doing it, man, I was like instantly the riff fell apart on me. So. Uh, but there's dude i had a drummer that was a singer and it was incredible to watch the dude go so some people are just natural at it and you seem to have like a a natural gift for music man to be able to put this out by yourself so uh, once again dude ben ricketts from acid mass dude thank you so much for sitting down with us here at bad taste uh and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the road brother yeah man i appreciate everything hell yeah have a good night brother you, man. <laughs>